Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Wait till they get a load of me. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me at your next event. I'm so excited to play for the people. And speaking of playing for the people, I got the guitar man uh, coming up in the program, Jesse Huffman. Who's Jesse Huffman? Well, you're going to find out more about him in the next few minutes, so stick around for that. This week's shows, yes, (laughs) as we record this in April of 2020, there are no public shows. There are no private shows due to the novel COVID-19 coronavirus. I hope everybody's taking care of themselves out there far as i can see and i know this is just my opinion you know with very minimal medical training in my history (laughs) i think it's a pretty bad flu and i hope that everybody's doing reasonably well i know there's been a few deaths out there uh you know and the flu does take a a few deaths every year but uh i hope that for the most part you know we get through this all right without further ado let's get into it with jesse huffman Calling Jesse Huffman now. Hello. Hi, Mr. Jesse Huffman, please. You got me? Oh, fantastic. It's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm super duper. As good as I can be. I get to talk to interesting folks all day long. And one of those interesting folks is you, Mr. Jesse Huffman. Uh, Tell the folks a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm a retired truck driver. And uh, I uh, was a minister for eight years. And I'm also a clean amphetamine addict and a sober alcoholic, but clean and sober 15 years. That is a story to tell in itself, man. You've given us some avenues to go by. Jesse Huffman, you've come from a hard beginning, a humble beginning. Uh, you know, it says, I'm looking at your, your bio on your uh, SoundCloud or your Reverb Nation. That's, uh, yeah. if I get that better. Uh, Jesse Huffman, country, rockability, old time rock and roll, old time gospel, primitive country. From Jonesboro, Arkansas, man, and your songs, your sound, just it, it reflects everything that I just said in your little bio. But uh, let's go back, man, to tell the people a little bit how Jesse Huffman started, and uh, you know we got to go through that addiction. I think uh, people could learn a little bit from you, uh, uh, Mister Jesse Huffman. Uh, tell the people a story about you. Uh, I started born in California, grew up in Arkansas, and uh, I grew up in Jerusalem, Arkansas. Okay. What part of California are you from? Uh, Crescent City. And where, whereabouts is that? I don't know geography that well. Uh, it's the last town on Highway 101 before you get to the Oregon line. <laughs> All right. So you were up in the north. Okay. So that part of yeah. California is, is more mountains and, and maybe vinelands. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, 
where the redwood timber, big timber is. Oh, yeah. How was it growing up there? Well, we stayed there till I was six, and then we moved back to Arkansas, where my folks were from. Okay. And uh, uh, it was nice. It rains there, 365 <laughs> inches of rain a year. That's a whole lot different than Southern California, where it rains not at all. I think there's 200 dry days a year. It's amazing the, how, how big that state is. And uh, I guess they're all they're all quarantined right about now as we speak. Uh, 40 million people in that one yeah. state. My goodness. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess your parents were the ones that, that had you there. Uh, tell me about your folks growing up yeah. in California and then uh, then in Arkansas. My, my dad uh, was a timber worker. Huh. Uh, ran a sawmill business and logging business. And my mother was a school teacher. I like that, man. I like that hardworking man and, and a lady that's teaching the kids of the future. How was it growing yeah. up with a hardworking man? What did you learn from your dad? Uh, a lot of hard work <laughs> and to, to try to be as honest as possible. Hey, those are good values to instill. And then you had a teacher as a mom. Uh, what what grades did she teach? She taught K through eight. Okay. So how was she growing up? And did you ever have to have her as a teacher? Uh, yeah, I had her as a teacher uh, when, uh, before she ever started teaching. Uh, she would always help us with homework and stuff. And uh, she she went back to school after being out of high school 26 years and clipped out of uh, 38 hours of college program. That's a smart lady right there. Yeah, You, you not only got the, the street smarts from dad, the, the hard working part, but you got the book smarts from mom. That's fantastic. That sounds like a good upbringing. Now, you said we. You got brothers and sisters? I had uh, three brothers and two sisters, and uh, everybody's gone now, but me and my brother are just older than me. Okay, so you still have one brother that's still hanging on. That's that's good. You stay co- uh, close to, to your brother? Yeah, sometimes we get on the phone, we talk for an hour. I like that. I like that a lot, man. Jesse Huffman, telling stories. Uh, so, uh, you know, you could brag on the family. Uh, you know, what, what did your brothers and sisters do, and and how close were you? And did you, you have a lot of family gatherings or did you guys spread over, spread out over this, uh, uh, this nation of ours? Well, uh, four of us live right there on the same two and a half acres as mom and dad did. I like that close family and a lot of get togethers growing up. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> so, and, uh, uh, my, my oldest brother. Uh, was born in 42 and then about three years later and then four years later there was four boys and two girls oh fantastic man and so you you got a lot of family that's still that's still around like uh, ne- nieces and nephews maybe or you got any kids yeah, of your I own a lot of nieces and nephews. any kids of your own uh yeah i got one son look at you procreating fantastic all right my man well it says here you were born in Crescent City in 1955, and uh, you moved to Arkansas in 61, and you were a truck driver. Uh, how did you get into that? Well, uh, I kind of inherited it. Uh, Dad was a truck, truck driver. Uh, being a freight relocator goes all the way back to when Teamsters were really Teamsters in my family. <laughs> so you'd say you were a union man? No, I wasn't a union man. Uh, I was uh, independent. Okay. So you had your own truck then? 
Yeah, I had my own truck for 20 years. Now, did you ever have to work for anybody else? Yeah, I worked for a company for six years. Okay, so what's the difference between uh, being a trucker that works for a company and then one that works for yourself, Mr. Huffman? Uh, when you work for yourself, uh, you have the first, last, and only say there is. When you work for a company, you got to do what you do. Absolutely. I mean, but do you, do you get the, all the profits, I guess, if you work by, for yourself, but then you have to take care of your own equipment as well, do you? Yeah, you got to take care of your own equipment as well. Uh, the the biggest difference is, uh, you, you like you said, you get all the profits yourself, but you have to save that money in case something breaks. <laughs> I'm getting a little perspective. You know, people, people that listen to this podcast, they like to learn from folks. I like to learn from folks, you know, so whenever I get a chance to talk to somebody or whatever their area of expertise is, you know, I, I definitely like to, to learn about that, man. And I know I have some brothers and uh, brother-in-laws that, are, that have been truckers and they've told me a little bit about how, how it is gr- owning their own truck. Now, did you do cross country trucking or, or local? Were you home every night or were you away most of the time? I, I ran all 48 states in Canada and Mexico. Amazing. What kind of stuff did you haul? We hauled everything from gunpowder to produce and vegetables. Man, see, and people got to know that that truck drivers are the lifeblood of this country and really the world, you know, because, uh, you know, airplanes will get it one one place, but the truck driver is the one that's going to get it right to you, right to your grocery store, right to your hardware store, whatever supplies you need. You got to know you got to you got to count on the on the truck drivers. So I, I give you respect for being a truck driver all that time. That's fantastic, Mr. Hoffman. Now, but beyond appreciate it. Oh, but beyond that, you started uh, playing music as well. Did you do that in high school? I started it when I was six years old. Come on, that's great. What uh, instrument did you pick up when you were six years old? Guitar. Guitar. Now, who gave you your first guitar? My dad. And how did you? How did he know? And how did you know that you wanted to play guitar? Well, uh, all the other boys in the family played. And dad played, and his dad played played about everything you could pick up. And uh, dad had a brother-in-law named Troy Eager that was always playing music. And uh, Uncle Troy would sit there and play and sing and everything. And one day I told my dad I wanted to learn to play the guitar. And he said, okay, I'll give you my old one. He took the strings off of it and told me to follow his finger movements until I learned to make the chords and to, to keep time by tapping on top of the guitar with my other hand. And uh, after about four or five weeks, then he put strings on the guitar and I just started playing. I think your dad was a very smart man, not letting you play the guitar until you learn how to play the guitar because you could have just been making lots of noise throughout the house and disturbing the, the everybody around you <laughs> i think he was real smart putting no strings on there and just teaching you how to how to work the chords and with your fingers <laughs> i think there was yeah, underlying when you get to where you can change chords and stuff that well we'll put strings on it and, and he did yeah how did it feel putting those first strings on there Oh, I feel great. Yeah. And did, were you able to play straight away since you, you had all that former training before that without the strings? Yeah. What kind of songs were you playing back then? Uh, stuff like uh, Joe LeBlanc, 
uh, steel guitar rag on a six string box and uh, uh, you're cheating heart, things like that. Oh yeah, were there a lot of uh, was there a lot of music in the house? Uh, people playing the radio, maybe having some some twelve inches uh, on the on the platters, uh, you know, some some plays on the uh, turntable. Did you have a, a, a record player in the house? No. What's that? There was always something going on. Always something playing. What were the what things on the radio that you were listening to at the time or watching on television as you were growing up? Oh, uh, the first thing every morning I had to watch the Blue Angels. <laughs> Is that the the Blue Angels, the, the, the Navy pilots, I guess, or Air Force? The Navy pilots. Navy pilots, right. And, and they, they had blue. Where were the Blue Angels at? Uh, they were stationed, I forgot the name of the base, but it was in California then. Oh, and they had a television show that showed them. Yeah, every, every morning uh, when the TV station come on air, uh, they showed the Blue Angels flying. Yeah, for those folks that, that are listening that, that aren't of a certain age, you know, TV wasn't 24 hours. TV used to, used to get off at a certain time because people had to go to bed, you know, and, and then it would start up at a, at a certain time. So maybe around midnight, they'd play the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem. And then uh, in the morning, they'd play something else, a, a little, uh, maybe, you know, maybe uh, of national quality just to give you some, uh, you know, something to, to get you started throughout the day. And, you know, and Mr. Jesse Huffman, you started with the Blue Angels, man. That's something to see as you wake up in the morning as a young lad. And that, that gets you going throughout the day. And is that the, the, that's the thing you saw. And then you went off to school. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, Jack McNamara Naval Air Station there, Crescent City, where we lived when I was a kid. Uh, and uh, they had the F-4 Phantom Jets there. And I forgot how many, but there were several. They were flying all the time. And they had the big Chinook helicopters and a Coast Guard station there. And uh, I'd always know when they were going to be flying out with the helicopters and, and leaving the base. Uh, because uh, I could hear them start when they'd go to turn the rotors on them to start. Man, that's some life uh, life lesson right there. I know I grew up in Miami, South Florida, real close to Homestead Air Force Base, and I got to see the airplanes take off and and land quite a quite a few times. And my grandfather worked at the airport, so I, I got into uh, making model airplanes. Were, were you into anything like that? Yeah, I got into uh, the F fours and. Uh, the F-103s. Oh, fantastic, man. I used to make them and put them up all over my room using uh, some filament wire and, and uh, just pretend they were flying over my head. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we've we got a lot in common that way. <laughs> I think we do, man. And you got a love for music. I definitely have a love for music. And the, the old-timey music, you call it old-timey, but that's stuff you grew up with. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, you, you listen to classic rock. Well, that's stuff I grew up with. But the stuff you grew yeah. up with is, uh, you know, that good country, that good rockabilly, that good old time rock and roll and the gospel, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, your dad was playing, your grandpa was playing. I fully believe it's in the blood. And then you were a preacher, man. Uh, how long did that last? Eight years. Eight years. And that was out there in, in Arkansas? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Well, I mean, how did that go? How, how was your congregation? And how did you keep your flock together? We, we we built a church, and I was at that church that we built for eight years, and I left and went went back to using and drinking and drugging again, and 
and then I come back and stayed another eight years. Well, you say again. When did the the drinking and drugging actually start? Was that in in school? Uh, yeah. And like high school? Yeah, I started in high school. Yeah, a lot of people don't don't realize when they're you know you're in a small town. There's not much to do. Uh, sometimes you could fall into the into the wrong crowd. Is that is that the way it went for you, Mr. Jesse Huffman? Yeah, uh, Dan and I, 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 I have Indian ancestry, mm. and it was a pertinent thing to to try to avoid was the alcohol use because it, the American Indians are natural alcoholics. Yeah, I mean, I okay, I I, I tend uh, to to uh, get that reference. Uh, you know, I I did work in in um, in Miami, and I I have heard tell of uh, Native Americans that uh, they do fall into alcoholism, and I think there's a reason for that. You know, it's because they they get you know they're entitled to uh, to some money from the government, and it seems like uh, you know if you're if you get what with the money, the thing I th- I heard was each Native American would get up to a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that's a pretty good salary for, you know, just you know, for just being. And um, most of most of the Native Americans average uh, about a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's not quite as much. You know, twelve thousand a year, but still, uh, you know, if you got an extra twelve thousand, you might use that for the the wrong thing. Hopefully, uh, you, you learn from the mistakes of others and and go off and do something useful with it. To, but uh, yeah. so you you had some problems with drugs and drinking, but you you found the, the Lord and and what religion were you preaching? Uh, Assembly of God. Assembly of God. Now, how does that work? Uh, is that a lot of singing, or I, I've never right. been to an Assembly of God church? Did you been to a Pentecostal church? Okay, I'm a, I'm familiar with a Pentecostal, a, a speaking in tongues, maybe. Yeah, and uh, the Pentecostal and the Assembly is just about the same. So no music then, right? Yeah, a lot of music. Oh, a lot of music. Okay. Well, I like that. I like that. You know, because because uh, David uh, sung unto the Lord, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he danced. And, and, uh, uh, the 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 assemblies sing courses and uh, the the Pentecostal sing courses, and uh sometimes you'll have church for four hours and be nothing but a song service oh my goodness <laughs> even even during football season yeah even during football season <laughs> well you about being out there in jonesboro that's uh is what what is that that's uh red wolves right yeah it's the red wolves okay uh, did you ever uh get out of when you got out of high school did you ever go into any college or you go straight to truck driving and well uh I worked uh, as a grocery clerk when I first got out of high school. Then I went to being an aerospace machinist until I got old enough for the insurance companies to cover me. And then I went to truck driving. Okay. Well, I mean, bagging groceries is pretty cool, but uh, aerospace, (laughs) what is that? Tell me about that. Uh, Laddish Company. We, We made everything from parts from heat shield tiles for space shuttles to pipe fittings that were uh, three-quarter of an inch uh, all the way out to elbows and tees and weldable pipe fittings big enough for you to stand up in. 
Mr. Jesse Huffman. See, there's there's a little tidbit of information. Now, when the when the space shuttle took off, did you feel a sense of pride that maybe some of your parts were on that thing as it was flying off into space? Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm sure you're watching television because I know when the space shuttle used to take off in the in the 80s, and I used to just look at it with a sense of awe. But you must have had that extra special sense because you you actually made parts that might have been on that ship. How amazing is that? <laughs> well, we I helped build the factory there in Russellville, Arkansas. And then came back and went to work in it and stayed till I was supervisor. Is that factory still in Russellville? Yes, sir. Is that that aluminum place on uh, in Elmira? Uh, no, that, that, that this one, uh, the, the one you're talking about is across the road from from Lattice. It's called Trinity now. Okay. See, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I I, I know Russellville pretty well. I get to drive around there quite a bit. And I do some shows up there, uh, karaoke and such. But uh, yeah, I know that they make a lot of aluminum parts. And there's a lot of businesses in Arkansas that people don't know about. You know, it, yeah. it's not just Walmart and Tyson Chicken. There's a lot of little places you might not even know about, such as the you said Trinity that makes uh, parts for for NASA and the space shuttle, amongst other things. Jesse Huffman. They make gears, gear rings for Caterpillar. Gosh, that's amazing. See, and, uh, weldable pipe fittings from three quarter inch all the way out to six foot size. Okay, I think there's a Hackney Laddish that, yeah, uh, L A D I S H. I just went by there today, in fact, and I saw their big pipes, big green pipes that you can, yeah. you can fit through probably 30 inch or more, uh, you know, in diameter. Oh, okay, yeah. I know exactly where that's at. All right, put that on the walking tour as you go through. <laughs> yeah. Hackney Laddish on Elmira in Russellville, Arkansas. Yeah, people are gonna uh, people are gonna be driving by, going, "Oh, I remember that. That's when Jesse Huffman was talking about." <laughs> uh, we we uh, we we worked hard there. Oh, I believe that. I believe that to be true. All right, so uh, you were playing guitar from six years old, and did you play guitar? You know, for your family, for your friends, for your church, yeah, for, for anybody I can get to listen. <laughs> I mean, did you ever play professionally, where where you would go off and and do some gigs, maybe? Yeah, well, my my brother and I and three or four other guys uh, played every every night, uh, six nights a week in town when I was working where I was working local. Oh well, what kind of gigs were you doing? You had a whole band playing. It was a jam session every night, six nights a week. That's fantastic. And who who was the clientele, and and uh, how did they did they appreciate what you were doing? And did you have merchandise that that sold? They they, they appreciated it, and, and uh, most of them were family. Okay. So I mean, the response had to be good. Family's always going to back you up most of the time. That's yeah. good. <laughs> but uh, you know, did you uh, was the did the band have a name? Uh, Mama's Fruit Jar Drinkers. Mama's what? Fruit Jar Drinkers. Mama's Food Jar Drinkers. <laughs> yeah, Mama's Food Jar Drinkers. I, I suspect some listeners out there in, in the Arkansas area might even remember 
Mama's Fruit Jar <laughs> Drinkers. <laughs> yeah, it was a little place called Mama Lou's in Marlton. Okay, okay. People probably and remember Mama, Mama Lou's. On West Broadway. See, I get into Marlton, too. There's a, a lot of shows that I, I've done there for at various restaurants. You know, I get to DJ at karaoke shows, but you you actually know how to play instruments. That that makes me a little bit jealous. I get I get a little bit jealous when I I hear somebody can can play, but I, I always give them respect, man. And I give you respect for being able to play for people and actually have them respond with gratitude. And so, you did you make any kind of a living doing guitar, or did you always have another job? I always had another job. That's a good thing to fall back on. You have more skills. Than just playing guitar, you got to put your hands in different pots to make it in this world. <laughs> I no, uh, Mama Lou's is four, was four twelve West Broadway, right there by uh, United Motor. <laughs> Look at you get put that on the walking tour. As people drive by that, they're going to say, "Ooh, that's what Jesse Huffman was talking about right there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all right, man. I'm learning a little bit more about you, and and you had a band. How long did the band last? Uh, about uh, five years. Five years of good playing. What years do you think that was? In the sixties or the seventies? When when was that? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. Okay, okay. So you were, man, you were, uh, you know, living free in your late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, having a good time playing playing music. All right, and uh, it, so when did? Did you happen to get married at this point or, or, you know, when 1973 married in 73, that's beautiful. And wife still around or how, how was that meeting? Well, we, we divorced after 10 years and I've been married four times. Okay. Sometimes that happens (laughs) four times a charm, especially when you're a truck driver and I've been single since 1987 now. Okay. Ladies, he's available. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, I guess being a truck driver, you're away for a long amount of time. I know people that are in the, uh, you know, uh, ladies that have, uh, or, or, you know, either fellas that have uh, ladies in the armed forces or that uh, have jobs that take them around uh, quite a bit. You know, they, it, it starts to get lonely at home. And, and was that the, the reason that, that uh, things didn't work out? Yeah, yeah, I was just always gone. But now you're home, right? Yeah, I'm I'm home now. <laughs> so, what do you do to keep yourself busy? Karaoke. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, I got to start doing a karaoke show up there in the Jonesboro area, so I can see Jesse Huffman and hear him sing it. I think uh, the closest thing I got the Cersei uh, Country Club is about to hire me out. Uh, they were supposed yeah. to hire, hire me out like in the next couple of weeks, but that's kind of far from you. <laughs> No, not too bad. <laughs> but I, I, I can drive to Searching and back for about four dollars. Oh, see, see, I, but uh, I think that's on hold right now while we're all waiting this uh, novel COVID nineteen coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> that's going on right about now. Uh, and this, you know, being a, t- a time capsule uh, for the people as we record this in April of twenty twenty, learning about w- w- the life of Jesse Huffman, uh, how, how you came to be. But you don't just do karaoke. You still playing your guitar? Yeah, I still play and sing. Uh, I just don't have anybody to play and sing with. Oh, at this point, <laughs> at this point, yeah. a lot of people feel you. Are are you living home alone? Yeah, I live here in Jonesboro, Links. Yep, 
uh, a lot of people are feeling your pain, you know, that, that they're living alone and they're kind of isolated and they're, you know, especially uh, folks of a certain age, once you get past, you know, in your, into your fifties and sixties, they start saying, well, maybe I should leave you and try not to get you any germs. And I mean, how, how are you taking care of yourself? Are people bringing you stuff or are you getting out? Well, I get out when I have to, and I work part-time as a delivery driver for a pizza company. What a man still driving and he's still feeding the people. So that's a job that's essential, man. You, you know, you got a job delivering food, uh, pizza in particular, but, uh, you know, that's a definitely an essential job. Uh, are they using you more often now that people are locked up in, in their houses? No, not as much. Huh. I figured the pizza delivery would probably be the, one of the most things, uh, you know, that, that would be essential because, uh, you know, people can't get out of their houses, so they have to have food brought to them. Uh, Jesse Huffman, that's a good job to have right about now, I, I would imagine, but Somewhere, you say it's not. Uh, I was working... Uh, about 22 hours, 22, 24 hours a week before the COVID-19 started. Yep. Now I'm working about six hours a week. Oh, that can't be good at all. I think a lot of people are in the same boat, my man. I mean, are you at least sitting out on your front porch with your guitar and entertaining the people around you? No, nah, I ain't got no chair out there. <laughs> Is there a little, a little clubhouse anything any place you could i guess you're playing your guitar in, in your in your own living room then huh yeah well how do you make your recordings i i, I know you have recordings on reverb nation how did you make uh, those recordings that was done in a truck cab in uh, cherokee north carolina all was all, all five of those songs were made in a, in a truck cab yeah they were all made in a truck cab Man, they have a, a distinctive sound, but what was the recording device? You record them on your phone or something? Yeah, just, just a cassette player. See, it's amazing, you know, the sound that you get in different places. I know people record things in their bathrooms, in their closets to get different sounds, you know, because you don't have to go to a recording studio anymore. You get a distinctive sound in the cab of a truck. <laughs> That's amazing to me, Jesse Huffman. Amazing. That was recorded one night in 1987. I think it was 87. It might have been later than that. But anyway, uh, my nephew was with me on the truck. He was wanting to learn how to get around the country because he was going to start driving pretty soon. I had him with me, and we were in Cherokee, North Carolina, and in the original recording that I've still got, you could hear the, all the engines running in the background from a truck sitting around the truck stop idling. Man, it's got a distinctive sound. It definitely does. If you get a chance, take a listen on Reverb Nation and just look up the name Jesse Huffman, J-E-S-S-E Huffman. Oh, just amazing, man. And I've already added you on the Facebook, so so I got people, you know, hopefully people will find you that way. I mean, okay. are there, I mean, are you still wanting to make recordings? What What do you want to do with your music career? I've got uh, four, four albums ready to go as soon as I can get somebody to run the phone to record them. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I mean, are there, is there anybody in town that you know or, or in Jonesboro? That we're just kind of holding off. We were going to do it in March and we got, disrupted by COVID-19 
and we kind of pushed it back on the back burner for a while, waiting until all this gets over with. Oh, yeah. There is a horizon here. It, it will all get over with. I know in, in China, they got in quarantine in uh, January 23rd, if I believe right. And I think they've just started going back to work uh, right about now. So that's about three months. And yeah. I, I think we got quarantined in March, uh, the middle of March, uh, March 23rd or something like that. So maybe April, May, June. And we should be getting out yeah. on the streets and back to normal, hopefully. Well, I know I, I work for Montio's Pizza Company here in Jonesboro. Yep. Big shout out to Montio's. Hopefully you get back to work, get some good pizza to the people, and uh, and then get out in the karaoke shows. What karaoke show do you go up to up there? I go to the Brick House. Brick House in Jones, Jonesboro? Uh-huh. All right. All right. Put that on the walking tour if you ever get a the, chance. The Thursday night at, uh, at the Brick House. Who's the KJ up there? Uh... Andrew, I don't know his last name, but his first name's Andrew. All right. We'll be looking for KJ Andrew up there at the Brick House in Jonesboro on Thursday nights. Yeah, big shout out for that, man. And maybe you could hear Jesse Huffman singing live just for you. I hope you get those recordings done uh, pretty soon. Probably, well, I figure the summertime you could get out of the house and get into a recording studio of some kind. Ah, what's on the horizon for you? Any, any other avenues you want to explore? Uh, just, uh, some more gospel music. How beautiful is that? You still getting to church? Yeah, I still go to church. Which, okay, what church are you going to? I go to Stone Street Assemblies. Stone Street Assemblies. Big shout out to them. Put that on the walking tour. If you get up in the Jonesboro area, you might check that out. Well, my man, I think you've told me a little bit about yourself. Uh, we'll get people to uh, visit you on, on your Facebook and your Reverb Nation. And uh, hopefully you, you get a little bit more airplay and, and action on your in your music career as things uh, as time goes by. Any other things you want to talk about? Uh, just sing you a little bit of a song I'm working on. Go ahead, give the people a little little bit of it, a little taste. The wife she said I couldn't dance, so I think I just sit here, I just stand here and sing. I think I just stand here and sing. I don't dance. I don't dance, I don't dance, I don't dance, I think I just stand here and sing. <laughs> Did you write that yourself? Yeah. That is beautiful, man. That is beautiful. Just sit here and sing. That's a good sentiment. Well, usually I finish these things off, Mr. Jesse Huffman, with last words for the people. You know, you can give some words of advice, maybe a scripture, maybe something you, you live by, or maybe just whatever pops into your head. Uh, Jesse Huffman, give the last words for the people. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Well, there you have it, party people. Jesse Huffman. You know, not just a regular guitar man. Uh, the you know, you get some old timey, some classic sound with Jesse Huffman. That little song that he sang at the end just sent chills up my spine. I enjoyed it. Country, rockabilly, old-time rock and roll, old-time gospel, primitive country. Ah, oh, amazing. The man's come through hardships, and he's bringing to his, his soul uh, via the guitar and his country singing and his songwriting. 
man, I look forward to hearing more from Jesse Huffman as time progresses. And you heard it, ladies. He is available. <laughs> so find him in the Jonesboro area singing karaoke or delivering pizzas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get out there and, uh, you know, be friends with Jesse Huffman. He's a good dude. He's a good guy. I'm glad you, you got on the program, Mr. Jesse Huffman. All right. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, Keys Dan. What you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com. Radio What, the music you want with some great, great quotes. It is said that power corrupts, but actually it's more true that power attracts the corruptible. The sane are usually attracted by other things than power. David Britt. The music you want. RadioWhat.com. <laughs>